time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God on this Friday. First Friday, by the way, January the 6th. 2023, I almost said 22. I almost did it. <laughs> 2023. On the memorial of St. Andre Bassett. You know, the plague of human trafficking continues to uh, corrupt souls all over the world to the tunes of billions of dollars every year. Uh, in this hour, we're going to have two great conversations. One with Dr. Michael Shively, the other with Danny Penter. Uh, from the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Talk about how how is this even happening? Why is nobody really doing anything about it? But what can we do to stop it? Also, we're going to follow up on that Epstein story. I don't know if you heard, but uh, the Attorney General down in the Virgin Islands got canned because, I don't know, supposedly she you know dared to sue J.P. Morgan's uh, chase for their involvement with the Epstein scandal. All of that coming up in this hour. Do join us if you can. Hey, by the way, 11 votes for the House Speaker, still no House Speaker, but Matt Gates nominated Donald Trump for this for the job, which was so kind of funny. funny. It was kind of <laughs> it was hilarious. Hey, coming up in the top of the next hour, if you can join us, I'm going to share with you Benedict the 16th final testament of faith. I'll read that to you. Uh not much there as far as anything surprising. Uh, but I think could be inspiration for you as well. So do join us in the next hour. South Carolina Supreme Court Basically uh, tossed out the abortion ban there, says it violates the state's constitution. President Joe Biden is going to be sending armored vehicles. Some said tanks. I don't know. Maybe it's just armored trucks. I hope it's not tanks. A board-certified internist and cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough, he recently penned a peer-reviewed letter stating 270 athletes and former athletes have died in the United States from cardiac arrest after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine just in 2021 and 2022. So there's that. And then there's a guy by the name of Piero Piero Laporta, a retired Italian brigadier general. He published on his own website recently that back in 2005, right after Joseph Ratzinger was elected Pope Benedict XVI, he heard from a national uh, security agency, an NSA agent said, quote, they were bragging about the resignation to which Benedict XVI of Reverend Memory would soon be forced to render. Close quote. That was 2005. Very interesting. That story's on LifeSite News this morning. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. I am so excited for this uh, this weekend because I have gotten a an approval for an Epiphany House blessing. What? Yes. How did they let I this got the happen? news. I got the news. I'm so excited. It's going to be is so cool. Mind blowing. You don't know what a Epiphany House blessing is. We can talk about it in the after show. But uh, essentially, it's a very special uh, way to commemorate the Epiphany. So, you're you're going to have to prepare food, right? Because fathers can't go well, away on an empty tummy. It's funny you should say because they actually told us don't do that. 
Really? Somebody else is going to do it, and uh, you know oh, everybody's going to everybody's going to prepare food for him. He doesn't want to carry all the food around. So snack, <laughs> go with a, a snack. snack. That's a good. Idea. You can't just have the guy show up and not give him I'll something. Say, Father, would you like an espresso? <laughs> espresso? What do you think? Like a water? A dos equis? What, what do you like? A Father? latte? <laughs> yeah, a latte. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of needing to uh, uh, pay people off in food, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. Because like you mentioned, it is mm-hmm. the feast of the epiphany today. The three kings are coming in. So that's a, a blast. I'm very happy. And pray for our priest, especially, I mean, if you're a parish priest, you know, it's, it's rough. You have a lot to do. House blessings are very tough. A lot of things to do. However, if you're part of, like, the fraternity or things like that, your parish is, like, all over the city. So if you, you have a parishioner <laughs> yeah. that's an hour and a half <laughs> yeah. drive away, oh, and you're yeah. like, crud, now i got to drive an hour and a half to do the blessings for them. Uh, so those yeah. poor priests, yeah, that's why they probably don't want the food. He's like, yeah, yeah. dude, i got to yeah. drive. I'm going to come in, bless your house, and I'm moving on yeah. to the next one. Imagine if he's and he's the only priest there. Yeah, if he's Ooh, the only one. Busy guy. Oh, man. Yeah. Super. He's like, yeah, hi, bye, got to go. See you later. Uh-huh. Exactly. Chalk, please. Oh, and pray yeah. for the the, uh, the altar server that's probably coming with yeah. them. Usually they yeah. bring one or two altar servers with them. We, when when he came to our house, it was a seminarian ah, that, uh, that came with him, which was great. It, but we, he sat down for, Did you for a little him? bit of snack action. So oh, nice. that's good. I'm nice. not saying it was like, hey, we're better than you. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe slip him a five instead of a uh, slip him a five or a ten instead of uh, food. Be maybe. good to your priests oh, yeah. who come to your house Amen. to bless bless your home on Epiphany. But by the way, if you don't get a priest at your home, you could do it yourself. It's possible. Uh, yep. Google Google it. You're going to want blessed chalk, though. Hopefully you got that from your parish. All right, let's pray. Let's begin. We have a lot to get to today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday. Well, it's, Thursday. it's actually Friday, January the 6th. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the memorial of something that happened a couple of years ago we are not allowed to talk about. And uh, here are your headlines this morning. The Hill reports, Biden warns migrants, don't just show up at the border. The Biden administration announced steps in the wake of an uptick in Venezuelans traveling through Mexico, including a cell phone app for those seeking asylum. Migrants can use the app to schedule an appointment at the port of entry and make their asylum claim there without crossing the border unlawfully. Let's hope they use that. Breitbart reports pro-life group launches private investigation to pro-abortion firebombing after months of waiting on the FBI. A pro-life group announced that it's hiring private investigators to uncover who firebombed its Buffalo office in June, citing months of slow walking and feigned interest from the FBI as its reason for launching an independent investigation. Since the FBI posted the reward, no arrests have been made. Compass Care is now partnering with the Thomas More Society to hire private investigators to find the perpetrators. And they plan to collect the FBI's reward money to offset their own investigation expenses, according to the group. Breitbart also reports, UK Anglican Church appalled at desecration of Christian graves in Jerusalem. 
The UK and Anglican Church have expressed dismay over an act of vandalism by two Jewish teenagers on a historic Protestant cemetery adjacent to Jerusalem's Old City on Sunday. The teenagers, who appeared in a recording of the incident to be religious Jews, caused the estimated $100,000 worth of damages to Christian graves. The Daily Wire reports top podcasts on Apple and Spotify are about the Bible and Christianity. That's some good news. Some of the top podcasts in the United States so far in 2023 on streaming sites like Apple and Spotify discuss things like the Bible and Christianity, beating out the ones from The New York Times, NBC, and many more. The same faith-based podcast made it onto the Spotify list for the top podcasts in the United States. At the time of this publication, the Catechism in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz held the number two spot. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Andre Bassett, born on August 9, 1845. He was the eighth of 12 children born to a French-Canadian couple near Montreal. Adopted at the age of 12, when both parents had died, he became a farmhand. Various trades followed, shoemaker, baker, blacksmith, all failures. He was a factory worker in the U.S. before, during the uh, boom, during the time of the Civil War. And at the age of 25, Andre applied for entrance into the Congregation of the Holy Cross. After a year's novitiate, he was not admitted because of his weak health. But with an extension and urging of Bishop Bourgat, he was finally received. He was given the humble job of doorkeeper at Notre Dame College in Montreal, with additional duties as sacristan, laundry worker, and messenger. He said, quote, When I joined this community, the superiors showed me the door, and it remained for 40 years, he said. In his little room near the door, he spent much of the night on his knees. On his windowsill facing Mount Royal was a small statue of St. Joseph, to whom he had been devoted since childhood. When asked about it, he said, quote, Someday St. Joseph is going to be honored in a very special way on Mount Royal. End quote. When he heard someone was ill, he visited to bring cheer and to pray with the sick person. He would rub the sick person lightly with oil taken from a lamp burning in the college chapel. When an epidemic broke out and near the, near the college, Andre volunteered to nurse, and not one person died. The trickle of sick people to his door became a flood. His superiors were uneasy. Dawson authorities were suspicious. Doctors called him a quack. I do not cure, he said. And again, St. Joseph cures. And then in the end, he needed four secretaries to handle 80,000 letters he received each year. For many years, the authorities, Holy Cross authorities had tried to buy land on Mount Royal. Brother Andre and others climbed the steep hill and planted medals of St. Joseph. Suddenly, the owners yielded. Andre collected $200 to build a small chapel and began receiving visitors there. Smiling through long hours of listening, applying St. Joseph's oil, some were cured, some not. The pile of crutches, canes, and braces grew. The chapel also grew. By 1931, there were gleaming walls, but money ran out. He said, put a statue of St. Joseph in the middle. If he wants a roof over his head, he'll get it. The magnificent oratory on Mount Royal took 50 years to build. He died January 6, 1937, was beatified in 1982, and canonized in 2010 by Pope Benedict XVI. St. Andre Bassett, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 1, verses 7 through 11. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. 
I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens. You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a Friday, which means Cornelius Alapade Day. Good morning, dear Adrian. Good Anything morning. There? Good morning. So much. Cornelius Alapade had pages and pages of material on this, so I'm going to only briefly scratch the surface. He says that John was in the desert baptizing and preaching the baptism of penance unto the remission of sins. That this remission was to be received from Christ and his baptism, which was the perfection and consummation of John's baptism. Because we have to remember, John's baptism was not sacramental. For Christ, as it were, the king of heaven preached that the kingdom must be received by his grace, of which the first part is the remission of sins, which is given by the baptism of Christ, inasmuch as is furnished and, as it were, animated by the Holy Ghost and the grace of Christ. Very important. The second thing that's interesting to note is what happens immediately after this. Immediately after this, the Spirit drives our Lord into the desert. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who a little while before had glided down upon him in his baptism in the form of a dove, drove or impelled Christ with a great power of spirit and ardor of his own accord into the desert. And there, and I love the way Cornus Lapide puts this, he says he went to go match himself in single combat with the devil. I think that's amazing. Now, Origen says the reason why that uh, John the Baptist points this out, points out Christ over anyone else. He said preachers are here warned not to allow themselves to be too much praised or honored by the people, but to suppress these praises and honors and refer them to Christ, lest by reason of their pride, they be deprived of Christ themselves. And so he goes on. And there's so much here. He says in one other part, thou only, O Christ, art perfectly in all things and infinitely pleasing unto me. He's putting this in the words in the mouth of God. And no one is pleasing unto me save through thee. For by thee I am well pleased with all the human race with whom I am offended because of Adam's sin. But the word here that he uses to say please and both to please and to be propitious or reconciled, which I think was very interesting, referring already to the sacrifice of the cross. Now, very interestingly, Cornelius Lapide says, was this dove a true and real dove? And I was like, I've never actually asked this question. And he's like, everybody asked this question. And he says here, no, it was not a true and real dove. In fact, instead, it was only in the shape of a dove formed by an angel. Because that's why the all the evangelists say, as if a dove, as it were a dove, like a dove, in the bodily shape of a dove, but never it was a real and true dove. So that's also very interesting. So let's meditate upon this fact right here, that we have baptism for the remission of our sins only by the grace of God. So let's meditate Amen. upon that today. Amen. Hey, Dr. Michael Shively from the National Center for Sexual Exploitation is going to be on next. How to end human sex trafficking. It's coming up. 
from St. Luke's Gospel. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is the sixth month for her, called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Let's bring impossible measures of joy and love to all. I'm Joseph Schuler in the Washington, D.C. studio of Guadalupe Radio Network. I wish you a happy and holy Christmas. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Danny uh, Pinter. I think it's Pinter. P-I-N-T-E-R. Uh, Danny Pinter, Senior Legal Counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation, is going to be our guest. Um, we want to talk to her about some of the legal implications in regards to the distribution and human sex trafficking issues that this world is suffering from right now. But you might be familiar with the story that's in the headline news right now. Uh, the attorney general down in the Virgin Islands was fired after filing a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase for their involvement in the Epstein affair. Kind of reminds me a little bit about the Ukraine. Remember that? Like when Biden was vice president and he went over to the Ukraine and he threatened to withhold billions of dollars if they didn't fire the attorney general who happened to be investigating his son's company, Burisma. And wouldn't you know it? Here it is again. They fired that guy <laughs> and they fired this guy. All while Biden was also uh, vacationing the other day down there. So interesting story. Uh, we're going to get the information, the scoop on that with Danny Panter coming up at 35 past the hour. But uh, joining us right now, is Dr. Michael Shively. He is the Senior Advisor on Research and Data Analysis for the National Center for Sex Exploitation. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Uh, good morning. Nice to be with you. Praise be to God. We are grateful uh, for you being on with us today. It, uh, the human trafficking is a plague that I think doesn't get enough attention in the world. It affects so many, uh, not only those that are trafficked, but those that would participate in the trafficking, for instance, just buying pornography online or viewing it or uh, distributing it, hitting the share button on their social feeds. I think a, pe a lot of people, are their hands are dirty in all of this. Can you give us a, a sense of the scope? Uh, no, no one really has a magic number. So sometimes you can get drawn into arguments about, you know, what is the number of traffic people, how many people view pornography, and 
And it's easy to get hung up on those things. But if you look at everything in front of you and all the data, it's obvious the scope is massive. Um, it's much harder to avoid pornography as a child than it is to access it. And that is wow. very different than it was 10 years ago. Um, studies are coming out pretty fast and furious now that show that uh, children early in their teens are having their own cell phones and by accident or on purpose, uh, they are encountering the most horrific, uh, hardcore, uh, crazy child pornography or, you know, what we like to call uh, child sexual abuse materials or CSAM. Um, you know, these, these things are just in front of them. And a, a great uh, phrase, I wish I could attribute it to the right person, but I read something where a person described it this way, said the, the white van with the predator in it is now in your child's pocket and it's their phone. Wow. And I think that really, to me, as a parent, and as a person who's devoted to, to fighting this, that, that captures it, which is, uh, you know, it, it used to be when I was a kid, I'm old, I'm, you know, 60, and uh, when I was a kid, you had to go to great lengths to access it if, if you wanted to, and most kids that are kids really didn't teenagers, curiosity, all that, you know, but it used to take uh, time and effort and money. And most people just didn't until they were young adults or older adolescents. And it was by, by today's standards, it was just so tame. I mean, now it almost looks quaint, even though we were horrified about it 50 years ago. So, um, you know, it's, it's really that I think any parent will tell you that their kids are telling them about seeing uh, seeing things that they really shouldn't, you know, have, have had any access to at all. And it's because the Internet is just wide open. There's just so little accountability. There's so little uh, effort that is being put into by the regulators and the government agencies to, to make it hard for particularly children to encounter not only pornography, but um, predation, you know, the person to person predatory behavior. And, you know, again, maybe it was the, the creepy person somewhere lurking, right? And you could kind of mm -hmm. look out for it and tell your kids don't go there or look out for this or that. Now, if, if they're using the internet, they are vulnerable to someone grooming them, uh, recruiting them, tricking them. And, and again, the numbers are terrifying and there, there are plenty of numbers. Um, you know, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children are just showing, you know, massive increases in uh, people, you know, not only law enforcement agencies and, and service providers, but just parents, concerned citizens, witnesses. They just the tips they're getting are just growing exponentially in the last few years. And the, the whole uh, what the, the covid pandemic did to people, which is drove people online and it accelerated that trend that's been going on for you know more than a decade. So everyone's online and anyone with bad intent knows it and they know that the most vulnerable people, housebound people and kids are all ripe for the picking. Mm -hmm. Wow, doc, you know, I, 
I think we run into the situation pretty often where parents will say, yeah, I know that it's difficult to, uh, you know, to avoid the subject of having a cell phone. Everybody has a cell phone. Therefore, I'm going to give one to my child. And they think they, they rely on these, uh, these uh, applications. They have some – I know Instagram, for example, has filters uh, just in case you want to block any of that stuff out. But nonetheless – even with those filters, you still encounter materials that are questionable. I mean, for us uh, Catholics, we, we want to def- defend the, the innocence of our children. We want to save our souls. Uh, do you think that that's a, a reasonable thing to rely on? It's a reasonable thing to have access to. It's a reasonable thing to expect you, you could have as an option is greater safety measures. You know, I think it's entirely reasonable. In fact, we should be expecting that um, safety comes first, and we should expect that people that are regulating the Internet and people that are passing laws about what, what corporations, the profit from Internet businesses, you know, that they have an obligation to ensure that things like pornography where I mean, it's bad enough if it's consenting adults, but we know that a huge proportion of all of the trafficked pornography is um, either absolutely non-consensual, and and you can prove it, or you don't know whether it is or not. And that's that's the consent part. And then there's the age part. So, you know, there, there's a whole genre of pornography that is devoted to young and some of it is just outright uh, children, and they know that. And we're talking babies, children, you know, toddlers. I mean, it goes down very, very dark, horrible end of the pool. Yeah. But, but the, the age verification and consent verification, one thing we know for sure is if you're doing nothing to ensure it, you are creating the worst possible scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of the measures are fail-safe, but they help. And, and, and the thing is, if you're not even trying to institute them and you're not trying to perfect them, you're not trying to make them more and more, uh, you know, capable of catching the worst of the behavior and the worst of, of the material, then, then, then you're, you're not doing enough. You know, and it's clear that we're not doing enough because every single indicator, if you look at it, surveys of teens and children's and young adults about what they've seen, what they've had access to. Um, You know, again, to get away from numbers and research as a parent, uh, my daughter was in uh, uh, dance teams. And these these were very good kids, and they were very well protected. And there was a conversation after their high school event. Uh, we had about a dozen of them in our house, and this conversation came out about boys asking girls to take pictures of themselves and send them. And these very nice, very protected kids, uh, every single one of them, 12 out of 12, said they had been asked. Wow. You know, so it, it's the new normal is for you know, older children and young adolescents to these girls in particular, but boys too, they're going to be asked, you know, we we can almost count on they're going to be asked. Now that according to the law and according to any moral code you can think of, that is, that is uh, child pornography or CSAM. And again, it's, it's become so normalized so fast that, well, you know, of course they're going to encounter stuff that isn't good and it's, 
you know, well, we've always had to worry about adolescence and sexuality and temptations and uh, all that. Well, this is different, you know, because it's hitting everyone and it's hitting them younger and younger. Mm. So, you know, it, you know, if you're not trying, you're not doing enough. And yeah. um, there are plenty of organizations that are trying. And there, there is progress being made, like um, us, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, and plenty of other people, there's a lot of other people in this space, are making headway in, in legislation. We're making headway with corporations. Um, Apple's done some good things, you know, Google. I mean, there is progress to be made. There's, mm-hmm. It's never what we want. But, um, you know, there, there are plenty of things that, that are possible. And something that just recently happened, in fact, it went into effect this week, is the state of Louisiana is instituting something. Of course, it's not going to be perfect and people will complain, but they have instituted the nation's first law for age verification to access pornography. And so now we have a state without law and, you know, we can just keep, keep moving in that direction. Hmm. We're down to just about a minute and a half here with Dr. Michael Shively, the senior advisor in research and data analysis at endsexualexploitation.org. What would you be your best advice uh, for parents at this point to help protect their children from being groomed or being exploited in any way? Uh, prepare, teach, model. You know, I mean, it's, you know, basic parenting 101. You know, um, faith is good. Uh, and also everything around that, you know, just, just having a solid family and love and support for your kids is obviously the starting point. But, um you know, you need to start talking to them. And again, this is tricky. It's not simple. But the the most important thing is to do something, even if you're not necessarily getting it right. But start talking to kids. You don't have to get into explicit detail or terrify them as, as you know, little eight-year-olds or anything. But um, just have conversations about what they may encounter and to make sure that you're telling them if you see something strange that you don't understand or it creeps you out or scares you or something, just anything, always come to me. You know, we mm. can work on it. And, um, you know, the rest is details, but there really needs to be an effort and an awareness on parents. They just can't assume it's okay. They can't assume that everyone else is kind of doing something to be the gatekeepers. They really have to assume that their children are going to see the worst possible things and be approached by predators because it will happen. Um, it's just a matter of where and when and how far it goes. But th- there has to be vigilance to start with. Wow. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Michael Shively, Senior Advisor in Research and Data Analysis. EndSexualExploitation.org is the website. Very grateful for your time today. God bless you and God love you. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to follow up on this conversation with Danny uh, Penter, Esquire, Senior Legal Counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. All that and much more is coming your way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Merry Christmas. My name is Josefa Barrios, Business and Operations Assistant for the Guadalupe Radio Network. On behalf of the Guadalupe Radio Network, we wish you a season of hope, a season of love, and a season of many blessings. May the divine light of Christmas shine in your life this season. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now here's a couple more headlines for you. A Daily Wire reports South Carolina court strikes down state's six-week abortion ban. The state unquestionably has the authority to limit the right of privacy that protects women from the state interference with her decision, but any such limitation must be reasonable and it must be meaningful in that the time frames imposed must afford a woman sufficient time to determine she is pregnant and she can take reasonable steps to terminate the pregnancy, said Justice Kay Hearn in her majority opinion. The 3-2 to two court decision follows almost two years after Republican Governor Henry McMaster signed the fetal heartbeat law into, uh, into law. So we have to pray for that. The Epic Times reports, Arizona Supreme Court issues supreme, uh, response to Carrie Lake's election lawsuit. The Arizona Supreme Court on Wednesday denied GOP candidate Carrie Lake's petition to transfer her election lawsuit to the high court, saying that it will be heard before an appeals court. Last month, Lake filed a lawsuit against then-Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, Maricopa County supervisors, and other officials arguing that issues that were reported during the November 8th midterm elections were enough to swing the gubernatorial race in her favor against Hobbs, a Democrat who was sworn in as governor earlier this week. A Maricopa County judge, Peter Thompson, tossed her lawsuit out on December 24th and said she didn't have enough evidence. And uh, those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now by phone is uh, the legal senior legal counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation, Danny Pinter. Good morning to you, Danny. Hi, how are you? Praise be to God. I am alive and that counts. How are you? Good. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Amen. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, by the way. Very, yes, Merry Christmas. Very grateful for your time. This week, there was an, uh, the Epstein story has made it back to our headlines once again. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity for us to focus on, you know, this plague that's uh, a part of our world, our existence, that seems to go unchecked by, you know, the governments of the world, the, the people of the world. It just keeps going and going. And so maybe you could start by giving us the, the backstory about Jeffrey Epstein. Refresh our memory. Who is this character? What were his crimes? And who was involved? Right. Well, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, uh, titled himself a financier, a tax guru. Um, and so he moved in very high circles, you know, doing some sort of shady um, investment schemes for celebrities and high-profile high people all around the world. Obviously, Prince Andrew is a close associate of his um, from the United Kingdom's royal family. 
And he um, was finally arrested for sex trafficking. He had been on the FBI's radar as early as 2006 for um, prostitution charges. He, you know, eventually pled guilty to them, but he he had, um, you know, was sex trafficking many minors in Florida at that time. And the local law enforcement, the state law enforcement in Florida was actually trying to prosecute him and trying to um, to hold him accountable at that time. And the FBI swooped in and he sort of got a sweetheart deal back then, which allowed him to continue um, his pervasive trafficking until he was finally arrested. Um, I think it was in 2018 um, where he died in jail. Wow. How, how did, how did he recruit these girls? How How is it he was able to, to find these young women that would, was, I mean, how did this happen? How does it, how do you get to be a young girl in Epstein's entourage? Yeah, well, he, um, you know, his close associate was just Lane Maxwell. It's, you know, they were obviously in somewhat of a romantic relationship, but definitely a business partnership as well. And he used her, also others, but it's, um, he would, you know, befriend them. So she, she would befriend them. She was, a you know, attractive, um, very classy lady who would, um, reach out to these girls and make them feel good. So in Florida, um, in her um, trial, described how she would approach these girls she knew were vulnerable. Most of them had kind of rough family backgrounds mm. and um, financial instability. And so she would approach them and, you know, tell them that they had this potential. She saw potential in them and that she was going to help them. She would, they, they talked about how she went to the movies with them um, <laughs> and really wow. built them up. And then she would invite them over to the house and that's where ultimately they would enter his circle and, and the grooming would continue and ultimately the abuse. Were they? But he also did this with, you know, um, modeling agencies he would have. Mm-hmm. He, used, he had many people who would recruit victims for him. Now, these victims, were they, were they ultimately living on his island? Were they living in his houses or were they just coming and going like the guests? It was kind of different with each of them. There were several that would um, live with him for periods of time, um, either as like staff at his house you know, they, he, there were some who were, quote-unquote, his massage therapists, and they would um, travel with him. So they would spend, you know, weeks at, or months at a time going to the island or going across Europe, traveling as staff members. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, he was just abusing them and, and selling them to others as well. And how many of these victims have come out, you know, in these, in these last few years uh, to uh, to raise awareness to this, to fight for some sort of justice. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had the number on top of my head, but I know that it's, um, you know, several victims. There's, you know, a, a lead group that um, really, you know, were successful in getting him arrested and who were successful in getting um, his associate, just saying Maxwell, arrested. Um, you know, and I wish I had the, the exact number, but hmm. I think it, you know, it was several, if not, you know, a dozen. It, he, it incredibly connected guy. I mean, I remember reading and looking at his background and how he sort of arose coming from a kind of obscurity. He was a teacher at a private school. All of a sudden, he's one of the most connected men on planet Earth with the most powerful men and uh, women in his uh, Rolodex. How does that happen? Yeah, that's what's one of the most like suspicious things about his story is his resume is very weak. Um, 
he uh, seemed to be kind of a professional con artist. You know, he, yeah, was this kind of low-level professor, and then he ended up conning his way into um, working for a financial institution um, and was then kind of involved in like a pyramid scheme. And then there's sort of just like a blank where all of a sudden he, you know, has his own um, companies and is, you know, very wealthy. And it's kind of confusing as to where the money came from. Um, he, you know, it's it's obviously been speculated that he got a lot of that money through um, sort of like blackmail and just sort of he's a charming guy he would um, con rich celebrity people into um, giving him large amounts of money to quote unquote invest uh, without having to do much uh, due diligence with them. So mm. uh, very interesting. I think ultimately, yeah, he's a con artist. Although there are, I mean, there's a great temptation to want to know who his clients were. Uh, I don't uh, particularly feel like I, I should know that the names on that list, but nonetheless, some pretty pretty well connected people seeming to have uh, flown to that island back and forth. Uh, do you think there's a lot of pressure to keep that on the down low? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think that um, there's been pressure behind the scenes for a long time to keep that type of information under wraps. And um, you know, I hope now that there's such light has been shine on this that it's so clear that he was guilty of these crimes, that he did hurt so many people. You know, just Lane Maxwell was um, finally convicted of, um, you know, working with him to commit these crimes. I would hope that um, that, that would force some transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, there's many victims who have not gotten recourse and many victims who are silenced over the years and told that they were liars. And so, you know, I think it's right that they should be vindicated. Yeah. Exactly. Now, we're two minutes to a break, uh, and I do want to continue the conversation after, but I'm going to put this out there and get your initial comments. Uh, the story this week is the Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, accused J.P. Morgan Chase and Company of servicing Jeffrey Epstein and financially, at basically making it possible for him to conduct his operation down there. Well, it turns out this AG got fired uh, for doing so, what is going on in this particular story? Yeah, um, you know, this is super interesting, but uh, the banks, you know, often track financial transactions for the purposes of reporting crimes when they see them. They're familiar with patterns, and I think that they um, sort of fail to pick up on those. And so it's interesting that there's this push to hold the banks accountable. I haven't seen that um, really before. So very interesting. Well, I, I couldn't help but think about that time when uh, Vice President Joe Biden, back under the Obama administration, went to Ukraine and had had to apply pressure there to get an AG fired from uh, investigating Burisma, which his son happened to be a part of, uh, hold, mm-hmm. threatening holding back billions of dollars. It seems like this is a pattern that's repeated itself in this case. And ultimately, wouldn't we want, even if it's J.P. Morgan Chase or the, you know, uh, even in my case, I would say a, a Catholic bishop. I mean, if you're guilty of this crime, you ought to be held yeah. accountable. Definitely. Absolutely. That, that's, you know, holding those higher ups who are facilitating many criminals accountable is how you actually change the problem. Yeah. Amen. Well, we're right at a break. On the other side of the break, though, I want to kind of get your opinion and your, your outlook on 
human sex trafficking globally, because uh, Epstein is just one of a legion in the world conducting these crimes against people. Uh, In fact, I've recently read that cartels are making more money in human trade than they are in drug trade. So I want to talk about that as well coming up after the break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Uh, Danny uh, Pinter. I got to ask you how to say your last name correctly. I'll do that in the other break. Senior legal counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation is our guest. Raising awareness. We need to raise more awareness. More must be done. More is coming up right after this quick break. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs want more than a minute visit our website chesterton.org merry christmas my name is josefa barrios business and operations assistance for the guadalupe radio network on behalf of the guadalupe radio network We wish you a season of hope, a season of love, and a season of many blessings. May the divine light of Christmas shine in your life this season. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's good to be on with you this morning on my way out of work. Oh, to go to work, I stopped by the, the chapel in our house and uh, prayed, and I caught the wise men sneaking up on the baby Jesus. Like just in the dark, snapped a picture. I got the evidence. I posted it to our <laughs> Telegram group. And by the way, if you would like to join our, our insider uh, Telegram group, be sure to be on the email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to join our email list. I'll send you an email today with the link to our Telegram group. So all of that can be found at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Joining us again is the Senior Legal Counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Uh, EndSexualExploitation.org is the website. Danny, how do I say your last name? Is it Penter? Is it Pinter? How do we say that? It's it's Pinter. Pinter. Oh, so I was... I was, it's 50-50. I was, I was taking a guess. All right, well, welcome back to the show. Thank you again for being on with us. As I said before the break, uh, I find that it's very troubling to see the human sex slave trade to be so widely accepted, you know, sort of given a pass. Not a lot is, it seems to be uh, being done to, uh, to stop this, but maybe I'm wrong. Could you help me understand just how much is being done to push back, to fight against what seems to be a massive amount of people in sexual slavery right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the United States is far ahead of anyone else in doing something, so I don't want to say we aren't doing anything. We are. We have very strong um, sex tra- anti-sex trafficking laws. We have civil remedies, so sex trafficking victims can also 
take sort of justice in their own hands and also sue the perpetrators or those that have profited from their sex trafficking. Um, so those are good things, and um, I'm happy for that. But we definitely are not doing enough. You know, I, I wish the federal government would do more to prosecute these crimes, especially online and against those online facilitators, because mm. that's what would sort of really disrupt rather than sort of targeting a few uh, bad actors that would disrupt the whole system. Danny, speaking of sites here, you know, one of the big criticisms that followed uh, Elon Musk's takeover of uh, Twitter was that he fired the the essential uh, the employees who were combating this this sort of content on the website, and I'm curious to get your legal take on uh, things like Section 230, which actually allows for some of these things to be promulgated on websites like Twitter or any basically any website, and doesn't hold these these websites accountable because they're not actually moderating this content. Um, do you think that Section 230 is going to be maybe done away with anytime soon? Or is there anything that can be done to, to combat the, uh, the protection of these websites to, to promulgate this type of content? Yeah, Section 230 has really, um, has really done some, some serious damage. Um, perhaps it was um, necessary in the beginning um, to provide some protections for um, the internet websites when it was first beginning and not stifling sort of that growth out of fear of, of liability. But uh, that was actually a very modest solution um, that Congress originally um, passed. The way that courts have interpreted it to be virtual blanket immunity, um, in my opinion, has been really disastrous. Um, you have a major website like Twitter, which is just filled with child porn. And, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, also the open open um, solicitation for child pornography that was occurring on Twitter. I mean, people would just literally openly tweet, you know, looking for 10 to 15-year-olds, and then people would respond with links or ways to trade that child pornography. And that was reported countless times to Twitter, and they did not shut down that activity because wow. why would they? They would never. They felt they could never be responsible for that. Um, in fact, we have a case against Twitter on behalf of two minor children who um, – they were extorted and blackmailed by um, a predator online to create some child sexual abuse material, child pornography, um, it, when they were 13. So very clearly children. And it ended up circulating all over Twitter. They reported it and begged Twitter to take it down. And Twitter responded, we reviewed the material. It doesn't violate our terms. We're not taking it down. Um, like that's just completely outrageous that one of our strongest federal crimes against child pornography could just be blown off. And um, they're just really not concerned. So, yeah, I think 230 is a huge problem. It has been, especially for victims of sex trafficking. Children have tried to sue websites that have, you know, done similar things to like Twitter over and over again and failed because of 230 were you know, Congress in 2018 amended CDA 230 to say it doesn't immunize um, platforms for sex trafficking. And yet we recently had the Ninth Circuit um, shoot down a case on behalf of, I think it was around 10 to 12 children and their parents who were suing the platform Reddit because repeatedly the child, their child pornography was spread all over there and re-uploaded again and again. And the website, you know, they were corresponding with the website. So it's not like the website didn't know. They right. knew and they just didn't care um, because, you know, every user and every activity on their site is dollars you know, and data that they can sell and advertisement eyes that they can tell the advertisers that they're putting on their products. So, you know, um, and the Ninth Circuit said, yeah, this is, 
you know, it, it, it's terrible, but it still doesn't meet the FOSTA standard. And if that doesn't meet the FOSTA standard, I don't know what does. So you still, you still have 230 blocking sex trafficking victims. Um, it is before the Supreme Court on a, a different case right now. The Supreme Court will be hearing um, and, dis- and interpreting 230 for the first time since it was originally passed back in, like, 1996. Um, it's a case, Gonzalez versus Google, and the, the victims there, the plaintiffs, are actually victims of a terrorist attack, and they're alleging that um, Google was amplifying terrorist recruitment content, and, and that led, ultimately led to a coordination, a coordinated attack, a coordinated attack that happened online that resulted in the death of their family members. So it'll be very interesting to see what the court does with that. Um, because that could obviously significantly narrow 230 down. And then you also have Congress attempting to pass the Earn It Act, which would be a further amendment to not allow immunity for child pornography. So one thing that I'm, I'm curious about and trying to figure out the best way to word this is, you know, most people, for some reason, it's not very good, but people care more about animals than they do about humans. And yeah. we saw this very clearly whenever people were freaking out about Dr. Fauci and the snipping of the vocal cords of the of the puppies and everybody was up in arms against that. And so, yeah, people have this weird connection that they love animals more than they love people a lot of times. And so is it possible to kind of treat these companies um, like kind of like we did with the with the mafia, get them for tax evasion, even though what we really want is for their trading and their and their criminal activity? It's the what I saw yesterday and I was shocked by how much support there was for this and how many people were sharing this and liking this and so on and so forth. I had a I saw somebody post on Twitter to mass report this account and I was like, okay, what is, what is up with this account? It seems very innocuous. I went and what a mistake. Uh, the the account was basically saying I'm going to say this in as PG terms as I can. Um, let's just say this person identifies as trans canine and publicly expresses her her perverted love for animals. Um, That I was like, this is legal. This is allowed to be on public platforms. This is can be this is allowed. And obviously that's less bad than the abuse of children. But perhaps that's the way to get these uh, companies to fall in line. What do you think about that situation? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's violating numerous policies, whatever platform it's on, um, and, you know, potentially illegal. You know, I think what you're getting at is sort of public pressure. And I agree that public pressure, um, it, 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 it's usually what works. It's interesting because these platforms really seem to be doubling down. Um, you know, uh, for example, this is sort of a related, I think, I think it was 12 or 15 attorneys generals wrote to Apple and urging them to change the rating for the app TikTok to be 17 plus because there's a lot of really adult content on there. And also it is used all the time for where um, to groom children and into sex trafficking. So adults are contacting kids and grooming kids on on TikTok all the time. It's become such a problem that like the highest levels of law enforcement are putting the platform on notice, you know, and that was a a, a push by the AGs, right, to do to public pressure, kind of like this, let's get the public upset about them, let's like threaten their reputation. And, um, you know, Apple did not respond, but within days later, they lowered the rating for YouTube down to 12 
12 wow. plus with wow. no warning to users. So like if a parent had set up parental controls on their kid's um, application, like YouTube could have just appeared there now and the parent would not know. Yeah. So it seems like um, these big tech companies, they've gotten so big and so arrogant and they make so much money mm-hmm. um, that I don't think that they are willing to give an inch or to budge. So, you know, I hope that, um, you know, if, if there's enough public outcry and, and I think I think all these things add up. But ultimately, I think, unfortunately, they need to know that they could potentially lose money. And so to me, I think liability is the the biggest way that they'll be held accountable. But through public pressure, we can get Congress to sort of, you know, take away 230 or minimize 230 or change 230 or somehow force uh, avenues of liability for the companies because then their calculation changes. You know, oh, I could actually be sued and lose X amount of dollars. Now Mm. now we'll care about it, unfortunately. We're down to about a minute and a half now with uh, Danny Pinter, Esquire, Senior Legal Counsel for the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Let me ask you about that story about uh, cartels saying they're making as much money, if not more, in the uh, human trade than they are in drug trade. This is big business, and they are controlling what's going on at that border. And a lot of people in the border crisis are ignoring this, the plight of these humans that are stuck in their servitude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you think about, um, like, let's say a a kilo of cocaine, you can only sell that one time. Unfortunately, you can sell a person over and over. And now with the Internet and sort of what we're talking about, this sort of ignoring of abuse content – these guys can also record, you know, each assault and then continue to sell that repeatedly as well. So it, it's absolutely true that it's more profitable and it's also less less risky for them, unfortunately, because um, our law enforcement and I think international law enforcement as well ha- cares a lot about prosecuting drug crime. And I'm not saying that that's not important. But um, a lot of resources are devoted to that and not as many resources are devoted to investigating human trafficking. And, and, and in many ways, it can be more difficult to prosecute human trafficking crimes because, you know, instead of just saying I'm a police officer and I uh, witnessed him in possession of this cocaine, you, you rely on human witnesses who are victims and who have been traumatized and have many fears and maybe language barriers. And that can be more difficult. Yeah. But um, as you said, people are more important. Danny Penter, thank you for your time today. Very appreciative of your insight onto all of this. Let's pray for an awareness and an end to this plight. Go to endsexualexploitation.org for a lot more details and great resources. That's endsexualexploitation.org. That's going to do it for hour number one. God bless you. God love you. Thank you, and have a good day, and have a great weekend. It's first Friday. It's first Saturday. Enjoy that. Plus, it's Epiphany. But if you can hang out with us in the next hour, we'd love to have you. Dave Palmer's going to be on with us, the game show, and a lot more. I am Josh Reyes, your general manager for the West Texas and New Mexico market, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your continued support for Guadalupe Radio Network throughout the year. And most of all, thank you for all of your prayers for the Guadalupe Radio Network. May God bless you. Thank you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? 
simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash. Howdy, my name is Adrian Fonseca. I'm a parishioner at St. Luke's the Evangelist Catholic Church. And this is AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Well, your time is running out already. You, I mean, it's been a whole week. That means you have that many less days in order to get in on the action. So you better hurry if you want your chance to win a brand new 2023 Mercedes CLA 250 in polar white, by the way. Uh, super, super beautiful car. Could be yours come March. I think it, the drawing's in the first week of March, if I'm not mistaken. And somebody is going to win this. Uh, no, I take it back. The The drawing will be held February the 24th. You could be you could be the driver of this beautiful car. $25 a ticket. You can get five for $100. And you can do that on our website at grnonline.com. Scroll down. You'll see a picture of the mercedes Click on that, or just go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that's another way to uh, get right to the information. All the rules are there. You can purchase your tickets there. It's fast. It's secure. It's easy. It's a fantastic way to support the GRN. But more importantly, if you really want to be super cool, if you want to be uber mensch, what you do is you call your local station manager, and you're like, listen, okay, I need tickets. Yes, give me the $100 deal. I want the extra one for free. But also, I have a lot of friends and family, and they all need to win a Mercedes, too. So send me some tickets. I'll sell it to them. See, that's how you do it. That's how you you really up your support for the GRN and its apostolate. So, again, you can find your local contact information on our website, grnonline.com, or pull out your cell phone and download the mobile app, Guadalupe Radio Network. It's in your app store, iOS and Android. And you can find your local contact information there as well. You can listen to the local station, get the podcast. All of that is there. Again, look for the Guadalupe Radio Network uh, on your mobile app, iOS and Android. Real quick, before we jump on with Dave Palmer, host of Back to the Father, I don't know if you saw this, but the Vatican released the final spiritual testament 
to the church from Pope Benedict XVI. In this testament, which uh, the Vatican released, you can find it on their website, Church Pop. Other people have put it out there. He talks about everything he's been thankful for. His family, where he lived in the Bavaria and the Alps, which is I, it's a beautiful place on planet Earth, let me tell you. I've been so blessed to have gone there. Um, he was thankful for all of his his uh, you know colleagues along the journey. Uh, he was just expressing a lot of that appreciation for a lifetime lived, you know, uh, what was he, 95, 95 years of friends, family, and co-workers in the vineyard. But he also uh, gave us a bit of a warning to stand firm in the faith. He says, quote, stand firm in the faith. Do not let yourselves be confused. He also talks about pseudoscience, scientism, leading people astray. You know, uh, truth and reason seems to be at the heart of those statements. But I think it's very apropos in the day and the time we live in to hear him say in his final words, stand firm in the faith. Do not let yourself be confused. Seems to me that would have to beg the fact that there's going to be something that's very confusing to many of the faithful. That there, Many people of faith will be confused, led astray possibly. So stand firm in the faith. I think those are very touching last words from His Holiness, Pope Benedict XVI, God rest his soul. But uh, praise be to God, joining us right now by phone is our good friend Dave Palmer. Dave, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, January 6th, Epiphany, so uh, all is good. Uh, you know, speaking of which, this morning on my way to work, stopped by the chapel in my house praying. I caught these wise guys sneaking up on the baby Jesus in the dark, you know, like, <sighs> What are you guys doing? Like, how'd you even get here? And uh, <laughs> my wife, she's, she's, my wife is very slick. She does this, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of families do. I don't know if you do, but we take our wise men through a journey through the whole house as we lead up to January 6th. They get a little closer every time, inching away. It's kind of creepy, to be honest with you. Do you guys do that? <laughs> well, you know, we did it when we had younger kids, and we do have a nine-year-old now, so we do have young kids, but it's one of those things that we did Years ago, it's a nice tradition, but we don't, we're not doing it right now. No. <laughs> well, you've, you've lost your flavor, Dave. you got to get back to it. Yeah. Right? Just for, yeah, for you and your wife's sake. Next year, make, make <laughs> it the year. So uh, back to the father. Uh, I guess back from vacation. I mean, uh, you guys have been taking off, what, two weeks now? Uh, you're getting back to it. Do you, are you going to remember how to do all this? I, I think so. I think we're going to get back in the swing of things. By the way, we went to Santa Fe, New Mexico for vacation ooh, ooh. for a week. We saw the spiral, spiral staircase and Loretta Neat. Chapel, and uh, that is a beautiful, beautiful Catholic city. Everywhere you look, streets and everything's named after Catholic saints. The very name of the city itself, of course, means holy faith. Uh, so uh, great time out there. Nice. Yeah, Praise be to awesome. God. So do you believe that St. Joseph built that staircase then? I do. You know, there's there's a movie called The Staircase. Uh, have you seen that? I know you're a big movie aficionado. I haven't that, seen that one, no. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called The, the Staircase. And it's, uh, I don't know how many decades it was made ago, but uh, it I, I, it's a pretty convincing uh, telling of it, where not only did St. Joseph come and make The Staircase, but he also kind of did some healing of people and some of the problems that they were having along the way. So I think it's pretty um, 
likely that that was the case. And then the, the nuns did do a novena to St. Joseph when they had the problem where they didn't have a, uh, you know, a way to get up to their choir loft. And so I, I think it's, it's very believable this, that it was St. Joseph who came. I have to say, I have to say, whenever I went to Santa Fe, I went to a different shrine, the Shrine of Our Lady Guadalupe in the, the um, city over. And while I was there, there was an old lady running the shop there. And I was talking to her. She's like, oh, have you visited St. Joseph's Stairway yet? And I was like, oh, yeah, we just came from there. And she told me I was a little girl when the nun still ran that church. And I climbed that staircase. And I have to tell you, nobody could ever convince me that that was not a miraculous staircase. So there you was go. Was that Camille? Camille with one L? Because I met her also. <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, that that same lady. She told me the same story. That's awesome. That, that, it probably was the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and no, no, we yeah, I went to mass at the shrine of Our Lady. Of Our Lady. Oh, that must have been. Must have been. Be beautiful, and she actually came in on her off day to let us in and do a tour. So. I, I'm sure it was the same lady. It had to be. How, how interesting that Praise we had the same conversation with the same lady. Yeah. Praise be to God. All right. So Epiphany, back to the Father today, 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern, on uh, GRN's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Uh, what you're covering the Epiphany today in St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, we are. And, you know, the, the Summa, by its very name, means the summary of all things theological. And there are two articles in the Summa that have to do with the Epiphany. And one of them says... Uh, whether the star which appeared to the Magi belonged to the heavenly system. So is this like a normal star, or was it one that kind of appeared just for that particular purpose? And then the other article says whether it was becoming that the Magi should come to adore Christ and pay homage to him. And he has four objections for why it, w- it seemed very inappropriate for these three you know, pagan, you know, pagans from the East to come and pay homage to a child uh, you know, in Bethlehem. So it's very interesting where, where the angles that Thomas takes on this. Now, I don't know if you saw it or not, but we interviewed Raymond DeRorio right before Christmas. He put out a scholarly work uh, in the form of a children's book illustrated beautifully. Uh, but he did some bunch of research on uh, on the wise men. It is his theory and opinion that these wise men came from Nobilus, uh just over the Jordan, really, and down into the Arabian Peninsula, and could have easily been the descendants of the uh of the first priesthood and the first mm. temple and uh he feels like these guys were definitely looking for the Jewish messiah because they would have been familiar with it as Jewish priests and uh and very interesting he doesn't you know he in his theory he says they're not kings uh they were he claims you know as i said descendants of this priesthood but they were serving at the behest of this king down there, and so it was very political in nature, and so they had to be very careful when they travel into someone else's territory kind of a thing. Very fascinating. How do you think Thomas will, will compare to that? Well, yeah, he didn't <clears throat> you know, bring that up specifically, but I did hear that interview with Raymond. Of course, Raymond always is so, so interesting and had, had some really interesting perspective on it. But the, the four things that Thomas brings up, I'll just mention them really quickly, is that, first of all, it seemed a little odd that these three men who were, oh, you know, it could have been more than three, but let's just say three for argument's sake, uh, these wise men would come into a Jewish land to pay homage, homage to a Jewish king where they were not subject to that king. They, mm-hmm. That seemed kind of inappropriate. And also Thomas brings up, well, that land already had a king named Herod, 
So it would have been inappropriate for them to come pay homage in a king's land to somebody else. That would have been very inappropriate. And also, I found this one very interesting, is that they're being guided by a star, which they believed would have been being guided them by God. But then they stop in Jerusalem and ask advice from the Jews, like, hey, do you know where this uh, Messiah is supposed to be born? And that seems kind of like, well, if you're being guided supernaturally, why do you need to stop and <laughs> ask directions so, you know, for so much? And then also he said, you know, why would you bring gifts to a king who looks so humanly, it would seem inappropriate because, you know, Jesus would not have looked regal. He was just a little baby in a crib. And, and it, it seems odd that you would bring gifts to such a to such a person that doesn't appear to be anybody regal. So those are the four things that Aquinas brings up. It sounds like Aquinas is a is a naysayer. Sounds like he's he's not into this epiphany thing. Well, no, those are the objections. The, the, those are. Uh, but he answers all of those. Yeah, right. So he he always starts every uh, article of the Summa Got saying, it. you know, even even the one, you know, does God exist? You know, he will he will give arguments why God doesn't exist, only to refute them later on in the article. But <laughs> The, the, these are the four objections that God answers yeah, later on in the article. Nice. Praise be. Anything surprising in his responses? Well, I, I found it surprising, going back to the star, that he says some people believed that the star was actually the Holy Spirit, like when the dove descended mm-hmm. uh, at the time of Jesus' baptism, and some people thought this, you know, that the star was actually the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which Thomas says he didn't think that's the case. Some people thought the star was an angel, like the same angel that appeared to the shepherds was actually mm-hmm. appearing to the wise men, but in the form of a star. And, um, it, yeah, there, there's some, some very, very interesting things. He said that the, the wise men didn't really care that Herod was the king because they were willing to die for Jesus. They had actually a spirit of martyrdom uh, because they, they really did believe, since they were being led by uh, a divine light that they were, you know, like the, the, they had the spirit of martyrdom, that they were that sure that this was the king, that they, even if they were persecuted and killed by the, the reigning king, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but they that didn't bother them. So I've actually never read this article from Thomas, so I'm very curious to see what you have to uh, share with us. But, you know, one thing I was thinking about, the other day I was listening to Dolly Parton uh, singing We Three Kings, and, you know, the thing that that it shook me a little bit was the fact that they left out the last verse. They talk about myrrh and talking about the death of our Lord and how these three gifts are symbolic of our Lord's life as priest, prophet, and king, as and his death, his resurrection, and all these things. Uh, does Thomas cover that at all? Yeah, he does. Uh, interestingly, I'm glad you asked that, Adrian, because... He does, you know, you hear this all the time on the radio and shows about what those three gifts represent in regard to Jesus. Uh, But he also um, says that they represent something to us. Um, He says the the gold represents wisdom. Um, The incense represents the fervor of prayer in our constant prayers mounting up to God with an odor of sweetness. And then the myrrh signifies mortification of the flesh if we mortify the ill deeds of the flesh by refraining from them. So they, it's kind of like a double um, representation of those three gifts, what they represent in Jesus and also what they represent in us. Wow. All right. 
Back to the Father is getting back to it today, 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern on GRN Online on the YouTube channel and on the Facebook page. Again, just search for at GRN Online. You'll find them there. And uh, Dave Palmer, Cecil Anderson, and the team. You have a whole team that does this. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have a high school intern that's normally with us. He's not going to be there today, but uh, Manny may come on with us Ooh. today. I'm not sure. We're going to see if we get Manny Ortiz to come and talk some domestic philosophy. We'll see. All right. Praise be to God. Well, uh, thanks, Dave, for being back on with us. Glad to see you again. You probably have already sold a bunch of uh, car raffle tickets, so uh, congratulations in advance. Uh, but nonetheless, go to grnonline.com. Get your car raffle tickets there. Contact your local station manager or more. Hey, it's time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. Prizes are going to be given away today, right now. If you would like your chance to win, call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Open wide your door to the one who comes. Open your soul. Throw open the depths of your heart to see the riches of simplicity, the treasures of peace, the sweetness of grace. Open your heart and run to meet the sun of eternal light that illuminates all men. St. Ambrose of Milan As we enter this Christmas season, let us pray that we open our hearts to receive the gift of peace, love, and hope. This is Manny Ortiz, Production Manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Blessed New Year. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Dearly beloved, today our Savior is born. Let us rejoice. Sadness should have no place on the birthday of life. The fear of death has been swallowed up. Life brings us joy with the promise of eternal happiness. No one is shut out from this joy. All share the same reason for rejoicing. Our Lord, victor over sin and death, finding no man free from sin, came to free us all. This is Cecil Anderson, the North Texas assistant of the GRN, wishing you and your family a blessed Christmas season with a little help from my friend, St. Leo the Great. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you're not supposed to tell anyone, all right? So I will tell you as long as you keep it between us. Number one, we like to teach the faith 
So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something that you didn't know before. And I guarantee I've already learned something and I didn't know it before. So <laughs> sky's the limit. <laughs> Number two is we like to have a chuckle, a good time, a laugh. Our call callers are amazing. We appreciate that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means we are absolutely manipulating. I mean, incentivizing you mm. because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. And someone's going to do all three today. Praise be to God. Uh, so that's the kicker. But the real secret sauce in all of this is we don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know. They may not know a single correct answer, but could still win the game because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then... They get that right. They go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, as you take your sip, <sighs> you're supposed to be talking. Well, what could they win? That was part of it, Joe. This week, you're going to win mm -hmm. Abbey Roast. Mm -hmm. Now, the Benedictine monks of Our Lady of Guadalupe Monastery in New mm -hmm. Mexico, Ooh. they offer 100% gourmet Arabica coffee. And it's carefully roasted in small batches mm -hmm. to bring out all of the unique, delicious flavor profiles from all of the coffees they deliver right to you. Amazing. All the proceeds contribute to the expansion of their monastery in order to receive the very many vocations that come knocking at their doors. And um, I don't know if they do the old school, you know, the, the mm -hmm. old school Benedictine way of getting them in there. I think mm -hmm. you have to wait outside for a couple weeks or a month what? or something. Are you serious? I yeah, the door? you got to keep knocking. And you the got, porter just ignores you the whole time? Doesn't yeah. open the door to you? They're just, they're gauging you. Like, how bad they do you see. want Yeah, this? do you want this? Do you, uh, let me see. I don't know. Wait outside you, for a bit. Do you really want this? I don't know. Mm. I, don't know. I would. The yeah. coffee is fantastic, and yeah. the winner today is going to get it. That is amazing. But if you had, if you had a vocation, like, do I go to a group that makes coffee, or do I go to a group that makes beer? Oh, choices. And beer. I know I mean, you're going to choose coffee. Just, yeah, we already know. Joe's going to choose coffee. So I, I would, even, too. I choose the beer. Uh, smells better, too. Could we make a beer-flavored coffee? Hmm. You could make a coffee-flavored beer. Maybe. Best of Maybe. both worlds. Speaking of the best of both worlds, I hear Olivia's on the line with us right now. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Olivia. Good morning. Praise be to God, Olivia. I'm good. Amen. Now, uh, I, are you in a car? Are you on your way to, like, something important, like a corporate meeting yeah. or uh, a trip to the Bahamas, uh, skydiving? What, what are you doing today? No, I'm on the way to school. Oh, that's that's equally cool, by the way. <laughs> equally awesome. I personally love school. Praise be to God. What grade are you in, Olivia? I'm in sixth grade. Sixth, sixth grade. grade. Wow. I've been told that sixth grade is the grade before the seventh grade. Yeah, I've heard that, too. When I was in sixth grade, Commodore 64 was a thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, ask man, your, that's ask, cool. Ask your parents you about saying? the Commodore 64. What does that click, mean? Click, I used click, to have to carry, like, the giant six-inch floppies. They were really floppies in those days. I have no idea. Yeah. Olivia, do you know what a floppy disk is? Do you have any idea what a floppy disk is, Olivia? Uh, no. No, that's all right. It's the safe button on your computer. I'm old. It's fine. Hey, Olivia, what would you get for Christmas that you love most? Um, rollerblades. Nice. Oh, that is so cool. That's a good a gift. Ask your parents, what yeah. are you getting me for Three Kings Day? <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what are the no, Three Kings being, bringing no me? Pressure. No, <laughs> no pressure. All right, Olivia, are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how this game works? Yes. Praise be to God. Well, we're glad you're here, Olivia. We are going to start with Rudy Carlos, who is in full suit and tie mode today. He's done. He's, that's that's a, like a corporate paisley look. 
corporate, maybe foreshadowing. You look like a you look like a news guy on a television station. Like you're Ken's Five, <laughs> Rudy Carlos. Well, today we have some scattered showers all across <laughs> yes, the United States. Exactly what you look like. Well, good morning, to you Rudy Carlos. Good Are morning. You ready? I am ready. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Dude, I don't know. Are you really sure? Look at me. I'm yeah, sure. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> all right, Rudy, could you tell me in what country is the shrine of Our Lady of Burang? Okay, uh, you've heard of the land of milk and honey. I have. have you heard of the land mm-hmm. of delicious chocolate? Oh, yes. Happens to be Belgium. I tried to get into the country. They wouldn't give me a visa. <laughs> I, those guys. Hello, open borders. Dang. Hello. All right, so your answer is Belgium. 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 Yeah. Mmm, the land of chocolate. Uh, sounds yummy to me. Oh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, I know you're an expert in chocolate. Could you oh, help me? Yeah. In what country is the shrine of Our Lady of Burang? One might say too much chocolate. <laughs> uh, one might say it. Uh, I'd ask you not to, though. The <laughs> The answer is quite obvious, really. Is it? I, Joe is trying to c- confuse me what? over here. But obviously, mm-hmm. that is uh, Louisiana. Can't you tell by the uh, ah. way it's pronounced? Burang. 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 <laughs> so like, like Boudin. I got my Boudin. Exactly. At Burang. It's, it's Our Lady <laughs> of Burang. You gotta say it though in that Louisiana accent. Exactly. (laughs) So that is clearly Louisiana. I see. I see. All right, Olivia. Hopefully, you're an expert on geography. Uh, But uh, where is the shrine of Our Lady of Burang? Is it in Louisiana, as Adrian would like you to believe? Or is it in Belgium, the land of chocolate and yumminess? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Olivia in San Antonio, what say you? Olivia. Rudy's right. Whoa! Now, Olivia, are you are you are you phoning a friend there? Is someone Googling this in the background? Hmm. But you are correct. No. You are the right. message from our lady there said, Do you love my son? Do you love me? Then sacri- sacrifice yourself for me. Ooh. She was mm. talking about chocolate. Belgium is the correct answer Our Lady of Burang in Belgium Hopefully I said that right But nonetheless, let's see if we can can get you in there for two chances today We're going to go to Adrian first on this one All right, Adrian, can you tell me What term refers to the sacrilegious purchase or sale Of ecclesiastical offices, benefices, or sacred objects? Yes, that's called the normal normal operations (laughs) Sorry uh, morning, morning uh, allergies. Mm-hmm. You said uh, what was it called? That's just called the normal operation. There's not even a Latin word for it. Or no, anything? I mean you could just say that. It's just, just translated into Latin. I see. Yeah. Uh, normal operations, but yes, yes. that's what I'm every saying. day. As every usual. time people are purchasing ecclesiastical <laughs> offices or like selling this, them. Yeah. Okay. So it's same chapter. Happens every day. I got one yesterday. It's like the song yeah. that never ends. It Basically, goes on and I, on. My I go. I see. Right now, yeah. I was actually. I'm saving up my money right now because I'm gonna become a bishop. Uh-huh. I have I not quite saved enough to be purchased wow. a bishopric, but but I'm we getting are close. working on I'm getting close. it. All right. Well, we'll check back on you then. All right, Rudy. Could you tell me what term refers to the sacrilegious purchase or sale of ecclesiastical offices, benefices, or sacred objects? <sighs> I hate to say it. You see it all the time on eBay. Do you? Simony. 
Oh, wow. You can buy but, Bishopric on... But they do things like, mm-hmm. well, you're not actually buying the relic. You're, oh, you're buying the the gold in the reliquary okay. that's holding the relic. The relic you can have. It's relic just, comes it's free of charge. Yeah, it's free. It's included. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Oh, yes, there's more. Right. All right, all right. So, Olivia, you got options here. What is the term uh, to uh, sell these these sacred things, these offices? Is it simony, as Rudy wants us to believe, or is it every day as usual, as Adrian suggested? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Olivia, what say you? I'm going to go with Rudy again. Wow. I'm noticing a trend. I, is it because Rudy's Olivia wearing over tie? here is very bright, clearly. Yeah, clearly. I, that's clearly. very impressed. Yes. Simony is correct answer, and maybe so is it every day as usual. Because it's, it's also happening. Also, but it's also simony. <laughs> <laughs> so simony is the correct answer. All right, third question. Easily the hardest question uh, of the last century, I would argue. But we're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, now brace yourself. Okay, I'm braced. Uh, all right, I'm very glad. I don't Bracing want you to fall myself. over. But could you tell me, what is the second coming of Christ yes. called? Our blessed Lord said... Look, you know, you know how to read the skies. Okay. He says, peruse mm-hmm. the skies. You'll know it's yeah. a good day to sail, right? I see. Well, the second coming of Christ is called parousia. 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 I see. Parousia. So you're going to be perusing the skies, perusing making the sure sky. he's not coming from the east. I, I see. You better I, hope I, you're I, near a confessional. Parousia. Got parousia. it. All right. Hey, Adrian, maybe you can help me. Uh, you've come once or twice here, uh, so he should be an expert at this. What is the second coming of Christ called? Well, Rudy says parousia. I'm going to go with the eschatological reality. <laughs> yeah, so heady. Say that three times fast. Eschatological reality, eschatological reality, eschatological reality. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, uh, Olivia, is it the eschatological reality, as Adrian wants us to believe, or is it the per- perusia, or some would call it perosia, as Rudy suggested? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Olivia, on her way to the sixth grade, what say you? I'm going to say Rudy. What? <laughs> I can't what believe she got that. Wow. I'm so impressed. All right, let's see. I'm pulling out a name right now. I have it here. It is uh, Olivia. 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 Congratulations. Way to go. Well played, Olivia. Congratulations on your new coffee find. So she's smart and lucky. Can yeah. you believe that? Do your parents let you drink coffee? <laughs> Maybe you're a little too young for no, coffee. No, they're probably they're they're probably gonna take it. Yeah, they're uh, like they're like, yeah, she well, won. It's your before, Christmas gift to them. It's your three you kings just gift. Just give go. it away, Olivia. Trade, barter for it. You know what yeah, they have exactly. to offer you exactly. in a trade. <laughs> I mean, use it to your advantage, Olivia. Don't go anywhere. Hang tight. Got to get your address. Yeah. God bless you. We're gonna Happy put you epiphany. on hold. Have a great day at school today, Olivia. Thank you for playing our game and laughing with us. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Join us in the after show. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the Memorial of St. Andrea Besset. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. We know that the 12 days of Christmas are those that counted from the day of Christmas to the day of the Epiphany on January 6th. But because we presently celebrate that on the Sunday instead, two days from now, Today we are able to celebrate the memorial of one of our North American saints, St. Andre Bassett. He lived in the 1800s and 1900s, growing up in a small town near Montreal in Quebec. He lost his father and his mother by the time he was 12. He developed a devotion to St. Joseph. He had, had very poor health as he was growing up. He tried a variety of jobs, including even working in textile mills in the United States for some years during the Civil War but because of his poor health, did not succeed in any of them. When he was 25, he joined the Congregation of the Holy Cross. He was assigned to be the doorkeeper, and in that capacity interacted with many people. They began to experience healing, especially many of those who came to him asking his prayers for their sickness. He also promoted the devotion to St. Joseph, building first a small oratory on the top of Mount Royal, of which he became the caretaker and then beginning raising funds for praying for what is now the magnificent basilica in that location. He died on this day in the year 1937, and one million people filed past his coffin. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us. 
Forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, friend of the lowly, who gave your servant, St. Andre Besant, a great devotion to St. Joseph and a special commitment to the poor and afflicted, help us through his intercession to follow his example of prayer and love and so come to share with him in your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, who indeed is the victor over the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came through water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water alone, but by water and blood. The Spirit is the one who testifies, and the Spirit is truth. So there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are of one accord. If we accept human testimony, the testimony of God is surely greater. Now the testimony of God is this that he has testified on behalf of his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar by not believing the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever possesses the Son has life. Whoever does not possess the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you so that you may know that you have eternal life, you who believe in the name of the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. Praise, Praise the, the Lord, Lord Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He has granted peace in your borders. With the best of wheat he fills you. He sends forth his command to the earth, swiftly runs his word. Praise the, the Lord, Lord Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He has proclaimed his word to Jacob, his statutes and his ordinances to Israel. He has not done thus for any other nation. His ordinances he has not made known to them. Alleluia. Praise the Lord Jerusalem. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The heavens were opened, and the voice of the Father thundered. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, during this Christmas season, we have been hearing from the first letter of St. John in our first reading. We know that he is concerned and pushing back against the errors of certain persons who are afflicting the churches there in his area. And we hear, I think, again, some of these errors he's pushing back again today. It is thought, because we don't know exactly, exactly who these people were or exactly what their errors were, but as we read through the text, it seems that perhaps they thought among their errors was believing that Jesus, rather than being born true God and true men, somehow became God's adopted son in his baptism, but then ceased to be his son before he died upon the cross. Something like that may have been what they believed. And so it is that we hear St. John pushing back against this great error. As he says, this is one who came through water and blood, not by water alone, but by water and blood. Our Lord Jesus Christ's true God from all eternity, born true God and true man on Christmas Day, baptized true God and true man, giving his life for us, true God and true man, rising from the dead, true God and true man. And if this is so of him, then it is so also of us. And St. John may also be saying, you know, for us, it is not simply that we are baptized, but also that we are confirmed, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and also that we receive Christ's body and blood in Holy Communion. Not only water, but water and blood. One of the things that means for us is that our Lord is not just here for the easy stuff, the pretty stuff, the superficial stuff, but he's also here with us at every moment, including the difficult ones. That when there is suffering, when there is need, when we are hurting, he is with us. He is with us in the water. He is with us in the blood. We heard about his baptism in the gospel reading. We know that in that baptism, he was going, it was a baptism of repentance, right? But he was identifying with sinners. He himself without sin, but he was identifying with sinners, looking like one of the crowd, going as if he also needed to repent. He went to his baptism as the beginning of his public ministry. On that day, he went all the way into the water because he was beginning ministry that would lead him in three years to the cross. And on that day, he would go all the way into death before emerging from death in the resurrection. Even in that baptism, even in the water, 
He was looking towards the fulfillment of that mission, the reason why he had come, not to be with us only in the easy times, but in the hard times, to lead us also into the water of his passion, to lead us also into the glory of his resurrection. The saint that we celebrate today experienced that closeness to the Lord in his own sickness, in his youth. And we know that time and again in his years as a religious brother, he was with those who were sick and suffering, whether physically or emotionally. He was with them. He listened to them. He prayed for them. Many of them received healing, but those around him testified, even those who did not receive physical healing received consolation. St. Andrew Bassat understood the Lord being with us at all times, even in the difficult times. Our Lord Jesus is with us at every moment. St. Andre Bassat, pray for us. Brothers and sisters, let us pray to God the Father, who in the birth of his Son has made manifest his love for humanity, and let us confidently present to him our petitions that the Lord who desired that his son should share in the life of the family, in the home of Joseph and Mary, may preserve all Christian families in his peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That all people from one end of the earth to the other may contemplate the salvation of God made manifest in the birth of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may give strength to the weak resolution to the tempted, protection to those who find themselves in danger, and liberty to the oppressed. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That all of us may one day come to share in the eternal life of Christ, who desired to share in our earthly life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord our God, rich in mercy and love, we ask that you hear our prayers and grant that we who celebrate with joy the birth of your Son may be freed from all harm and obtain the good things for which we have asked through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join in singing our offertory song, You Are Near. O Lord, I know you are Standing always at my side You guard me from the foe And you lead me in ways everlasting Lord, you have searched my heart And you know when I sit and when I stand Your hand on me, protecting me from death Keeping me from harm Oh Lord, I know you are Standing always at my side You go 
steel. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive with favor, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For through him the holy exchange that restores our life has shone forth today in splendor. When our frailty is assumed by your word, not only does human mortality receive unending honor, but by this wondrous union we too are made eternal. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and born by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quitolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis, agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not, not worthy, worthy that, that you, you should, should enter, enter under my roof. My roof. But only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. 
For those who are, cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Once in royal David's city Stood a lowly cattle shed Where a mother laid her baby In a manger for his bed Mary was that mother mild Jesus Christ, her little child. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall with the poor and mean and lowly lived on earth our savior holy and our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love for that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. Let us pray. O God, who touch us through our partaking of your sacrament, work, we pray, the effects of its power in our hearts, that we may be made fit to receive your gift through this very gift itself, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing song, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, 
by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. You're tuned to KSHJ, 1430 AM, Houston, Texas. All Catholic, all truth, all the time. 